0: Welcome to the Influencer Marketing Blueprint, where we teach e-commerce brands the three-step formula that drives revenue, not just likes. I'm Cody Woodick, And
1: I'm Taylor Lagasse, and we're here to guide you to influencer marketing success. Let's get started. All right, are we just diving in? Yeah. C-Dub, let's get it rocking. Tell That's... me a little bit more about your background and what led
0: you to the kinship waters, the wealth <laughs> of life. That's right. Background... So previously to starting kinship with yourself, I was at a brand called Kalo, running the Influence Marketing Program for about four to five years. And before that, I was just nomad traveling the world homeless. Before You that, were a knife seller. I was in school. <laughs> yeah, before that. Selling Cutco like every good entrepreneur out there once sold knives. You got to learn how to sell. So, Yep. And then before that, I don't know. I was a wee young lad growing up in the the, the parents' household.
1: Well, tell me a little bit more about your experience at
0: Kalo and what is Kalo. Yeah. Yeah. So Kalo, Silicon Wedding Rings created that industry. Yeah, they're basically they went from zero to 40 million in three to four years, something like that. Uh, When I first joined, they Hmm. had gone from one employee to 40 in a year. And I forget what number I was, but I was in the teens or something. But when I first started, I actually, I actually was had nothing to do on the the marketing team. I was packing rings. Casey Holiday, who is my connection there, family friend, who's also the brother of Taylor Holiday, who you worked for. That started common thread. Casey was my in, but he kind of grandfathered me in, but he made, made me earn it for a bit. So I was actually like literally like doing quality control on the actual rings that they're selling so like using scissors and cutting trimming the rings and packing them and they're different like poly bags and stuff like that so bottom of the totem totem pole but like four months in four or five months in after i guess i earned it <laughs> i sat down with with casey and was just looking like yeah i want to either get into marketing or sales like is there a Is there a role that I could potentially enter into? And that role was basically working under Jordan Palmer, who we both know very well. And he was at that time, so there's a lot of context here. Uh, At that time, Common Thread Collective was called the Arch Network, and they were basically Kalo's marketing team. So Taylor was like the CMO of Kalo, Um, and they used Kalo to grow themselves. And also, uh, Kalo used you know, great minds to grow it as well. So Jordan was doing the influencer marketing. Um, Jordan Palmer is the brother of Carson Palmer played in the NFL for a long time. And then now he's the quarterback guru with (laughs) definitely a name for himself. That's for sure. Yeah. He had played in the league seven to eight years by himself as well. So he had a lot of connections and he was instrumental in getting Kalo into NFL locker rooms and just making connections. The guy's, uh, knows agents and knows how to get to people and so yeah that was my basically my first intro into really what i don't even think influencer was a word back then uh it was just we called them ambassadors and seating was that's where i first learned what seating was uh jordan told me about it and uh i just be that's was basically what i did was just literally Twitter DMing athletes, minor league baseball, like just going into other categories that Jordan necessarily didn't have connections in and was DMing them and just looking to send them as much product as possible, obviously because the the rings are two cents on the dollar. So we could afford to send out just so many of them. So that was long winded, but that was a a lot of context of when I first got connected with Kalo and what I was first doing with them.
1: So funny, all the different terminologies, because my first touch point with the word seating was from Jordan Palmer at, at Common Thread Collective as well with Theraguns and seeding out Theraguns where it's a little bit more costly than a than a silicone wedding ring. But at Athletes First we called them locker room drops. They yeah. Were just mass seating like locker rooms. But what is seating? What are locker room drops? What does what does that
0: mean and what you were doing? Yeah, all it means is just sending out product for free. You're not charging or making making the influencer, potential influencer, pay for it. So that's literally the definition. And at Kalo,
1: you know, as a brand owner, potentially listening in on this, they might be thinking like, why would I send my, my ring out or my product out? No strings attached with no expectation of them to do anything. Like, what did you actually see come from that? What did it blossom into?
0: Oh gosh. Uh, I mean... Relationships and eventual partnerships with macros such as Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Bryce Harper and Steph Curry all started with seating. So let alone those big names, and then also just the people that you've never heard of that promoted it, talked about it. The idea was basically we wanted seating, especially with a silicone wedding ring and like something that you could see everywhere people are wearing it constantly or at least they should be uh is that we wanted it everywhere and it was a novel product and so we just wanted it to be seen by everybody in the locker room um or just whether they're posting about it or not like they're going to be talking about it and Mm -hmm. so get this thing everywhere and that was really that was like my first like basically project goal like get this everywhere get this to every major sport minor leaguers like the people that you don't know that will eventually be big stars you know that was i can't think of there there, there were people i should probably think about that right now there were people that like turned into bigger stars after the fact mm. that we didn't that we didn't know at the time that we were just like sending product. there's for, for sure some of those that i want to say in major league baseball that became big. I mean, even Bryce Harper, too, was, like, uh, uh, MVP. But before that, we were seeding on product, too. So, yeah, it was just it get, well, to, get the
1: product to as many people as possible. To backtrack to one of your initial points, you were saying seeding lended itself to, you know, developing relationships and ultimately partnerships with Dale Earnhardt Jr., Steph Curry. You know, LeBron James had the ring on when he signed with the Lakers. Yeah. You know, why not, you know, how, how do you think those relationships would have panned out if you just tried to engage them right away in a paid upfront partnership in comparison to starting the relationship with seating? Why do you like, what would, what would the difference be? Do you
0: think? Increased rates. Um, mm. just immediately. I don't know how much of a discount there is. Massive. But I Massive. Do, I do know that there is one for sure. So for instance, like, Dale and her junior negotiations. Yeah, I've been sending a product for a year at least, two years, all kinds of different rings, checking in before we ever started like, hey, let's make you a flag bearer of a brand. Those negotiations started at five hundred thousand dollars and we ended up working for two hundred thousand. Come on. But but yeah, I, I wonder what those price that'd probably be a million. <laughs> If I had to guess if like he had Dale never heard of the product before, like it just sure. signa- it significantly helps when you have a macro going to their agent and saying, Hey, I want to work with these guys. I love the product versus like agent approaching player and saying, Hey, we have this deal for you uh, It's some watch brand. Like they want to offer this right. now. Maybe it's, they're going to pay them stupid money so that they take it. And that happens all the time. But right. I just think you you had your bet by by seating and building a relationship the right way because every brand wants the the, the person that authentically love the product. Everyone admits right. that they just don't want to take the time and actually building the relationship the right way, which we would say is doing it through seating. So that's really like really quickly. I just saw the power of seating, and that's that's why I've always been such a huge believer in it. It was just like, I've seen this time and time again with, with athletes and influencers and like it turned into macro deals and it turned into micros and it's just the foundations. You gotta, you gotta do it to some degree. Obviously not everyone can afford like doesn't have the margins that Kalo did or the low cogs, but sometimes that's, yeah, sometimes that's a, a negative as well like if your cogs are so low that means your price point's so low like potentially and it's not attractive enough but what Kalo had was it's a meaningful product right like it's something really meaningful like a wedding ring so mm. yeah it's good
1: and I, I also just want to affirm the logic too of brand agent player dynamics there if a client, if a, if a brand is looking to work with a, a player and the player has never heard of that brand and the agent's trying to like get him to work with that brand, even though he's never heard of it, you're going to get the hyped up inflated rate that probably doesn't make sense. If you are a brand that that player knows of and wants to work with and appreciates, which can very easily happen from seeding you're going to get, I would always say you're probably getting 50% off. And those conversations are happening that way where the player is like, no, I want to work with them. I'm willing to do it for less. Those types of texts happen all the time in the background and when brands came in and tried to work with them. So 100%
0: correct there. It's leverage, right? It's just like, it's, and you need leverage when when dealing with agents. (laughs) There is for sure. Like, you know, I built a a good network of agents at Kalo. And there's definitely some rough ones, but for the most part, like they're all nice people. They're good people, even though it kind of is like has a negative connotation. And we spoke about this last time, the the nature of the industry can be pretty scammy a little bit, but there's definitely some good agents out there that like really mean well and want to do good right by like their, by their clients and the athletes they represent. But as is leverage is leverage, so like you definitely do need that for sure with negotiations. Yeah,
1: and you hit you hit it on the nail on the head there. I would say they have the best interests of the players in mind a lot of the time, not as much so the brands. But if you do have good relationships with the players and the brand enjoy and the player enjoys your brand, you're going to get that rate cut in half without a doubt. Right. But always keep in mind though, based on the last episode too these people are incentivized to take care of their clients first, your brand second. Totally.
0: And as um, they should, right? I mean, no, 100%. they're getting hit up by so many brands or they're doing outreach themselves, putting money them on for their family. So that's why it's an so interesting space. Another,
1: another question that comes to mind with seating, completely understand the logic around you want to get your product in everybody's hands. You want this thing to be everywhere. Um, you want people to be organically posting about it constantly, putting out content, creating content, but how do you actually see if that's happening at Kalo? How did you get a gauge of, is this working? That's something that I always struggled with prior to what we do here at Kinship, but at Kalo, like, how did you see the impact
0: of these efforts come to life? I mean, uh, it was before all these tools out there. So, I mean, Instagram story downloader and like myself tracking, but we could go into a huge rabbit hole of like, like I was me, hustling me myself, like doing all of that. Like, and I, I would put our social person on it as well to start tracking as well, just kind of be monitoring those things. But monitoring the minor leaguer with 5,000 followers, like we're not doing that. But especially the macros, and we were doing a lot of macro work. So it was kind of easy to see, like, if and when they posted or. Right mentions that would come through that we would know Well, it's
1: probably like a massive adrenaline rush for sure yeah <laughs> massive <laughs> oh adrenaline gosh. rush if like price harper posted when you send it to him
0: yeah and i got addicted to that for sure but yeah it's, i mean there was no way of doing like what we would use now which is mighty scout where it's like it's literally just like pulling in like there, there's none of that so The one and also the advantage of what I mentioned earlier is like it's a something that you see clearly like Steph Curry on the Warriors Championship Parade. He's holding up the trophy and like the ring, like his silicone ring is right there. Or when Zach Ertz for the Eagles is like holding the Super Bowl trophy, getting interviewed by ESPN, he's like holding it and it's like ring right there. (laughs) Like It's just it's such a unique, different thing as opposed to him wearing a lululemon shirt underneath his jersey like you just don't know like and there's so many different brands so the uniqueness of the product and like for it to be visit clearly visibly seen and because there shirt like there's other competitors out there and like knockoff brands and stuff like that but like we were that was another thing too is just that's why we were doing seating more, more than anybody was we just trying to make sure that, like we were the name that if they were thinking of like wearing a silicone wedding ring or wanting that um it was Kalo and oh i've seen that around i've seen that in the locker room i've seen that on social like oh my boy's wearing it things of that nature so there's a it's kind of a combo but yeah
1: and at, I, I i remember and i just know this obviously because you're my partner but a strong example that always stood out to me from your Kalo experience was when you compare and contrast. Um, Brittany Dean activation in comparison to Bryce Harper activation, mm-hmm. and what do you feel like you came to understand from that experience? What did you take away from that? And honestly, just you know, articulate it here and now.
0: You know, what am I even talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, common thread. Your former gig was our digital agency, and so I was constantly had insights into, okay, these macro testimonials, these macro influencers are crushing it. So go get more. (laughs) And so that's where like we, when you bring up like the Bryce versus Brittany, everything, there used to be something called audience insights within Facebook. And you'd be able to see like based on your brand that you could see like there's all these things telling us that Major League Baseball and country music And those crossovers like worked really well. And so Bryce Harper, you know, good looking, up and comer, one MVP, gonna be like it was like him and Mike Trout were gonna be like the best ever to ever play, basically. Once again, seated Bryce for a year or two. We ended up working on a basically a one off deal for him to do a testimonial and or a couple other things in the contract that that deal was 30 grand probably would have been 100 if it was bold so going back to your point but so 30 grand and then we also worked with Brittany aldean which uh early on when she was kind of just jason aldean's wife like now now she has her own like individual name still probably primarily nothing against her probably more so known as being jason aldean's wife but uh we did like a great context we just did like Facebook Live with her and repurposed that content and it crushed. And then there was well It's a Facebook what, ads, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So it went yeah. Facebook Live and then we were able to like she you're I don't know if people still do this, uh, but you're able to like download and save it. So then we are actually able to like repurpose that content. So Bryce, usage rights people. <laughs> with usage rights bryce versus uh britney and britney was with CEG, so we definitely had usage rights that's another agency that represents that sort of industry bryce versus britney had all my eggs and like i thought like bryce was just gonna knock it out of the park like seven rows or something and end ended up just <laughs> tanking <laughs> did not do well and then britney's crushed like I don't remember the exact numbers. I'd have to pull up like that thread, but um, I just know that they ran it for a while <laughs> and uh, it did really well. And then also too, like there's a Jason like comes in to the Facebook live as well later on. So that that obviously helps. But yeah, we were getting creative, but it was all like, you know, early on, like we were seeing such crazy numbers and it's also within the Facebook heyday that seeding lent itself to, so it was like flow of like seating, create the relationship. Like, you know, they love the product now approach them when we're talking just macros, obviously we're doing this with micros too as well, but of we're, course. when we're approaching macros seating, in the product first, create a relationship, if I didn't already have it with the agent now start, like, if we want to actually see if they're going to work well, let's do like a video testimonial, let's do that. And then maybe explore, if that does well, explore like a bigger, more expansive partnership. So that was kind of like the flow. And, but what happened was just I got addicted to like, and also it wasn't just my own decision, but like CTC's like really pushed for like more video testimonials for macros based on evidence, based on like what had worked. But it was just we got, I think the whole company got addicted to Facebook and. was on the Facebook drug. Um, and then I was just constantly consumed with getting these macro video testimonials for us to leverage within Facebook. And some of them worked and a lot of them didn't. And like we were spending so much money. So that's what's kind of informed both of our philosophies on macros to date. But for yeah. sure, for sure.
1: But from the, just to start at the Bryce versus Brittany thing, like, what do you think from that? Why do you think Britney outperformed Bryce?
0: Well, the 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 content from Bryce sucked, <laughs> so it it was like right. it, it, proof in the pudding is like it doesn't matter who it is. Sometimes, I, I guess I guess I would be seen as if I don't know what I'm. What I'm really trying to say is like. If you had a massive massive name, maybe it doesn't matter but still we would probably still say like it does matter for sure like I'm thinking like a like Ronaldo or like LeBron James you know or something right. like where it's like macro sure. like huge <laughs> ass name but um, yeah Bryce's, like video testimonial I just remember being so monotone and just like hey guys. just like cringy yeah it's oh, really cringy. <laughs> Even then, I still thought it was gonna crush just because it's Bryce Harper and Halo, and like this is what how it works. We get macros, they do testimonials, and it does well. It was like too easy for a while, and then with Brittany, it wasn't even necessarily that her content was like super great, but it was like native to the feed, and it was a Facebook Live, so it was just like super chill. She brings in Jason. She was like pregnant at the time, so it's not like she's like. Striving to be like professional. Checks all the boxes. Yeah, she's like pregnant, talking about, hey, here's all these rings that I love to wear. And also like Jason loves it. Oh, Jason, come over here. And like he just like pops his head in and he's just, like, Yeah, I just love these rings. Like, you know, it's just like it was super just, raw, organic. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh it was it was interesting. That's
1: I feel like it's such a good takeaway though, like and going back to my time athletes first, like you, you put these scripts in front of these guys, they're not influencers. And this is something we both have learned. They're not influencers because of their ability to create great content. They're influencers because they play a sport that garnered a following from fans. Right. So when you put a product in their hand and pay them to do something, Bryce Harper's basically reading off a script in the background and it's not gonna come off natural whereas Brittany Aldean obviously just crushed it. But then you also you also touched on something where, you know, you were constantly going after macros for testimonials. At what point do you feel like you realize maybe it's not even the need? If we're, going after, if we're, if we're looking for testimonials and it's for creative to get repurposed in the ads, like was there a time where at Kalo, you guys were just like, we can do this through micros as well and it's going to perform all the same?
0: Or did you guys not see that at Kalo? This goes down another rabbit hole, but I didn't have the time. <laughs> like, I was like only, I could only do yeah. seating, like identify new people. And I was seeding like, like me as a person, solely responsible for influ- influencer marketing at that time without tools, like no discovery tools. Like I was literally just on Instagram, like as the discovery tool, no like aggregation of the content. I was seeding like 30 to 50 people mm. at most at a month basis. Where, like, if I could go back, mm. I would literally have, like, a person under me that was just seating a minimum of a 1,000 people. Minimum. Um, and so... Come on. So I was only able to do seating. And then, therefore, I was also only able to do, like, macro partnerships that, like, I needed to, like, contact yeah. these agents, do negotiations and all this stuff. So, like, the stuff that was in between, I couldn't I couldn't work with the 50,000 Instagram followers. Like, and we did sometimes, like, with... Uh, Certain launches, we would do like more micros with like pet influencers or like mommy bloggers and stuff right. like that. And so, but it was all still the pay for post model. Like it was all still like paying for posts. And yeah, sometimes we would get usage rights and leverage it. But I never, I never saw micros. We just never tested it because I didn't have the time. <laughs> like I couldn't do it. I couldn't do every level. That of, is a of what we could do. So.
1: that's a phenomenal thing you bring up though for brand owners listening in today you know what's realistic if they were to hire internally out of a single person like could they could they i mean you said hire one person underneath you if you could go back to seat a thousand you know influencers per month is that even possible like talk about what is realistic of a one-man team because just doing 30 to 50 seating per month and contracting all these macro influencers you've laid out that seems like a hell of a lot of work so what's what's actually realistic of this person and what would you recommend to do um, if you are a brand trying to do this
0: internally yeah i mean most of the time too like for context what we've come across is that if they do have one person it's not one person their sole job is influence marketing it's like they do influencer and PR, plus they're like social most of the time. That's like the combo. And it might be even a third thing, like working with their affiliates that are like bloggers and stuff like that. And it's like those three things. But sometimes like we come across people where it's like, yeah, I'm just trying to do this outreach. Plus I'm like managing our email campaigns. And it's just, first of all, that for sure cannot happen. So when we're saying like your question of like a one person, like one person as a dedicated job is even still rare today. And even my point being is like, I was that person and I could not do all of it. Now to be fair, like my last year at Kalo I had a $1 million influencer budget. Most brands are nowhere near like investing that amount of money. And we didn't spend all of it, but like that was my budget for the year because we were doing so many macro partnerships as well. Right. But yeah, I would say, I would say that if I, if you are gonna have one person, of course, I would recommend like just focus on seating and focus on building the relationships and getting the product out there as much as possible for as much as you can afford um, and let the cream rise to the top and work with the people that prove to be genuine advocates. So it's still start, if, if you have one person, I would say realistically they can manage like one aspect of influencer marketing really at scale. So I, I think most brands probably can't afford Doing macro partnerships, even though they're they're constantly attracted to it and are teased by it, right? They sh- they shouldn't be focusing on that, as we've talked about for two episodes. <laughs> and then, yeah, so maybe seeding plus, you know, micro influencer, maybe ambassador, affiliate, kind of management. Uh, even then, you're spread thin. So
1: also at the time, well, well, ex- ex- expand on expand on that a little bit. I mean. You're talking about seeding 30 to 50 influencers in a month. Like, what's so hard about that? Aren't you just sending your product to 30 to 50 people? Can't you do that in a day?
0: What's What's the deal, yeah. Cody Whittick? It's easier. It is easier now because there's so many tools out there. So, my 30 to 50, I could have done with a tool in the hundreds for sure. Just Just purely on identification. But like back because it was only 30 to 50, it was like Instagram drop-down arrow finding this person and then connecting with that person. And then like, or like in a given month, like for the month of June, NFL training camp training camp is coming up. So I'm a locker room drop all of our like connected to one player for all 32 teams. But that took up the whole month. Like I didn't do any other category besides that month. So right. what's time consuming about it is just the research and labor involved to identify people. And then the actual labor involved of DMing and that that was one pro back in the day that there was no limitations on DMS Praise. over Instagram. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I so, was honestly teen you have to slap that in the face
1: cause I just don't feel like people actually think about when people hear about seating 30 to 50 people, I don't think they actually ab- digest the amount of steps that go into that and the amount of labor that go into it. I think people just think about, Oh, I'm just, I already know who the influencers are. I already know who the right influencers are who so create great content. Yeah. All that goes into identifying the right influencers. Right. The entire message flow that goes into it, getting the product in their hands, unboxing experiences, everything A through Z. I just don't know if that registers for people. So I actually was teeing you up just to slap that idea in the face. Like one person seeding 30 to 50 influencers a month takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I just don't know if that's being realized on the other side
0: it's it's true it's it it is it is a lot of work i just and i've talked to i mean transparently i've talked to casey about it like there's what you're asking me to do is just like impossible for like if not having a a full team i could only do big and then really small like first step and then absolute last step and there's like nothing in between to like actually make this a full-on right like huge program and yeah that's quality right yeah we had like 500 plus influencers that we were consistently seeding product to plus and it was constantly growing (laughs) with new people and then and then it's insane that's plus our like our top 50 that we were sending out new product launches to like kind of like our basically our top 50 biggest ambassadors that like loved us for sure it's awesome so steph curry was on that list like constantly sending them new product new product launches stuff like that but all the way down to crossfitters and stuff like that so yeah one person can't do it if if you're really trying to make it like every level of the pyramid which we would say seating and content organic plus affiliate plus paid plus flag bearer and like every step building up can't be one person right it's just impossible yeah.
1: <laughs> when i when i hear when i hear the role of like someone doing influencer marketing. They also do PR. They also do, you know, whatever else they're doing. All that indicates to me at least is that they're not going about influencer marketing the right way. They can't, they can't be, it can't be a quality program being built out. They're just not taking their time, finding the right people. They're probably paying a hiked up rate that gets put in front of them by a media kit. They're just getting whatever the influencer is willing to give and the posts aren't well thought out. Like it, mm-hmm. it just can't with all that goes into it. And so I, uh, my hope is if brands do have someone doing, wearing all these different hats and not fully dedicated influencer marketing, I just hope they're not taking away. Like as if some of their influencer partnerships don't pan out, it's not because influencer marketing doesn't work for them. It's probably just because they need to allocate way yeah. more resources towards this. Right. So, It's it's cool to hear of your experience at Kayla for this as well with someone fully dedicated to it and still
0: not enough resources. I I say this all the time. It's more human than every other marketing channel. So it's just like, it's not like going into the Facebook dashboard and that dashboard will do whatever you tell it to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like in terms of setup and like the pressing these buttons equals this and all this stuff. It's like you sending that email to the influencer doesn't get, an automatic response or it doesn't like do all these different things. And that's just one aspect. There's just so much like human elements to it of delays and negotiations and timeline. And it's yeah.
1: Zeroing out orders.
0: We'll oh talk my about gosh. that on another show
1: though. Yeah. But well, what would you say is your, your biggest takeaways going, and this is going to be a little bit of a reflective question for you, um, put you on the spot a little bit. Coming into kinship uh, before we partnered up together and do what we do now and the way that we do things. What would you say um, the biggest takeaways you had from your Kalo experience from influencer marketing into what we do today?
0: I'd say number one was we need to figure out. I, well, I, I don't even know if I ever even communicated this, but it was just like an internal thought. If it wasn't communicated, of just how does how does seeding do with as a service for clients. I was always just like intrigued about that. I think I told you the other day, I found like a, like one of our first few months of kinship, like there's like an email out to this like coffee brand and saying we would like seed 10 influencers a month or something like that. And uh, it was just funny. Um, but yeah, so I was really interested in like, cause I knew the power of it. I just didn't know like how it all look like, how is this going to be effective? And also too was just macros I don't want to do the macro game I was exhausted by mm. it at the end it didn't work I think it was fun to do like long-term partner macro deals like the Dale deal is really fun and like it was really good for Kalo incredibly profitable definitely a place for them definitely a place for macro yeah deal. we're, not, we're yeah. not saying there's not yeah but I just I was coming into kinship that was like something that I just didn't want to do so, I was really intrigued by something that I'd never really had time to do, which was like the micros. and knowing that influencer content did well, I was really n- like convinced of that, especially within ads because I would seen it, but I had never really seen it from micros necessarily. Mm. So it was a good mix us coming together, it.
1: yeah, it it'll be interesting because i I, I want to talk about in maybe the next episode even, but when one of these episodes, because on my end, like I understood the power of seeding the sense of like, obviously, this is the best way to start a relationship with an influencer, right? If you just put yourself in their shoes, like there's no mm-hmm. expectation for you to post, like i am received this product. But I remember always pushing back initially on you, Cody, like everyone we were working with wants to see like ROI. They want to see yeah. what's happening from this and exactly how. And they're just like, we can't do that. We're not like... And so I I was always like cringed, like, Ooh, like I understand it's going to build the right relationship with these people, but are you going to scour the internet 24 seven to see who's (laughs) posting what and when and trying to articulate to the client, like what type of impact is having on their business? Like, yeah, I I reflected on that will be a fun episode as well. And you know, what's what's led to today It's awesome, man. It's great to be partnering with you. I'm very
0: fortunate and blessed. Come on. That's right. Likewise, man. Yeah, we'll have to do a story of how we came about our seating service as well. It's yeah, good, good. We'll have to talk the about the
1: initial. Well, we'll have to talk about the initial initial runs with it too,
0: and where <laughs> we're at today with it. But yeah, it's good. All right, that's all for today. If you'd like some help developing your influence marketing campaign, go ahead and DM us on Twitter. Links are in the description. Or you can head to kinship.co to learn more and you can book a call there. That's k y n s h i p.co. At kinship.co, you also find tools, templates, and resources all designed to help you grow an influencer campaign that drives visibility and sales, not just likes. Thanks for tuning in, as always, and we'll see you next week.